0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, but most importantly, bought and paid for, bond service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith By thinking biblically. It's the same thing Jesus did. I am thrilled today to have one of our plenary speakers at this year's Mission Connection Conference with me today, Steve Richardson.
1: Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roy. Great to be with you.
0: Steve was raised in Indonesia where his parents took the gospel to a jungle tribe, a story documented in his father's missionary classic, Peace Child. Steve and his wife, Arlene, returned to Southeast Asia in 1986 to plant churches among a major Muslim unreached people group. Steve helped start a center for evangelism, various media ministries, English language schools, and a major business as mission project. Later, they moved to Australia where they helped launch Pioneers in Australia and New Zealand. And since 1999, he has served as the president of Pioneers USA. Pioneers now has approximately 340 teams that are impacting over 500 unreached people group. Wow. What what a life and and what a a history of ministry and evangelism and working alongside God,
1: Steve. So sometimes I have to pinch myself. (laughs) Was that (laughs) really me? (laughs) It's like, is this really happening? (laughs) And, you know, occasionally in the days when we used to talk to people on airplanes, you know, we'd get to know each other. I'd start sharing my story, you know, about growing up among cannibals and yeah. headhunters. And they would be looking at me like, you've got to be pulling my leg here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's start with that. What an unusual childhood and growing up experience and testimony of how you must have understood God. Tell a little bit about that story.
1: So I was born actually just north of here in Victoria, British Columbia. My father's Canadian. Oh, wow. Okay. And we got on a ship and traveled to one of the most remote and wildest places on earth the southern swamps of the island of new guinea which is about 1500 miles long wow and <coughs> ended up among uh, a tribe called the sawi who had not had contact with the outside world before they lived in tree houses wow. and they fought with the other four tribes that were around them yeah. incessantly i mean it was man against man. It was clan against clan. It was village against village. And then it was tribe against tribe. Wow. And these other languages, you know, were completely different. Wow. So anyway, I had, you know, I was seven months old by the time, you know, when we came, walked, oh my we paddled in there. Wow. And when mom and dad started explaining the gospel message to them, you know, after they understood the language well enough, the people thought Judas was the hero of the story because come to find out They actually idealized treachery in their culture. Really? They said, tell us more about Judas. And dad said, you mean Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, Judas sounds like one of us. Wow. So anyway, um, mom and dad just started to pray. It's like, what do we do in this situation? Warfare was breaking out because they wanted to be close to us, but they didn't want to be close to each other. Right. And God provided a key in the form of another cultural Value they had. The only way they could make peace was by giving one of their own children to the enemy. And that became what dad later called a redemptive analogy. Just the ultimate picture of the gospel. Two parties, you know, at war. Wow. One party wanting so much to reconcile himself to the enemy that he was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice and give his own son to the enemy. Here was the gospel message embedded in the culture of these people. Wow. For who knows how many centuries. Wow. And when Dad started explaining to them in a different approach that Jesus was Myalkodon's Team, God's peace child, they said, why didn't you tell us that the first time?
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. And that story
1: was documented in Dad's book, Peace Child, and it was published in Reader's Digest as a condensed book. Oh, my goodness. Back in the 70s, people started reading this all around the world. And even though we were in this isolated place with... Three thousand speakers of this unique language. Uh, mom and Dad's willingness to take that step of faith resulted in actually probably probably millions of people being sure. exposed both to the gospel message right. in a unique right. and creative right. way, right. but also to the bigger picture of what God is doing around the world and how we can play a part.
0: Oh my goodness! Wow! W- what an amazing what an amazing testimony of God. It reminds me of Ecclesiastes uh, 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and also he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. This idea that you know God's redemptive purpose over all of history is to plant things, plant seeds in people's hearts, to draw them to himself That's and right. here he was in this little remote village you know the, the, this land that probably for hundreds if not thousands of years the rest of the world had forgotten about or didn't know about and god was at work
1: they've been amazing. on god's heart from the very beginning
0: from the very beginning wow. god
1: knew from eternity past that they would be there amazing he's loved them with an everlasting love amazing when jesus said to nicodemus God so loved the world. He had the Sawi people in mind as well. Wow. Wow. So, you know, God privileged our family and, you know, later my two brothers and my sister. Wow. With the opportunity to be the messengers, the emissaries Mm. of God's love to people who'd not known it before. Wow. So
0: what was it like? I mean, what an incredible story of God's faithfulness and power and design over the centuries and everything else what was it like for you as a young as a kid just looking around and saying wow i'm in the midst of this culture that is literally savage i mean people are killing each other eating each other what was that like as a kid to have that in your formative years be you know your parents i'm sure you know had the gospel and the bible and were probably protective of you guys But also, you were in the midst of this incredibly savage, hostile world. What was that like as a kid? I can't even imagine. So,
1: my mother counted 14 major battles fought in our front yard in the first two months that we were there. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, it's like arrows (laughs) flying, spears flying. One of the myths that I talk about, you know, in the book that I published recently, Is the Commission Still Great? Hmm. Missionaries and the gospel harms cultures, exports Western culture and so forth. Oh wow! So yeah. growing up there, mm. this notion that some people have that people are living in some kind of utopia until the representatives of modernity arrive. Yeah, yeah. you know whether they're traders or missionaries yeah. or yeah. Yeah. one form of exploitation or another. Yeah, I'm not discounting the sure. fact that that sure. goes on. Sure. But they aren't living in utopia. Yeah. As a kid, I saw people get killed. Wow. It Wasn't just on television. Right. But then I saw the incredible impact of the gospel message, mm. of God's love, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Not just in the lives of individuals, but a whole culture. Now it was a small culture. Sure. But it was a culture, and I, it was like I had a front row seat to the truth of Romans 16 the gospel is the power of god unto mm-hmm. salvation for those wow. who believe wow the ultimate answer now this was a microcosm it was sure. kind of a, sm- a little case study yeah 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 of the truth of what the apostle paul wrote to the romans wow that the ultimate answer to mankind's issues wow fundamentally is the gospel message wow that is the answer and wow. i saw people's lives transformed wow. i saw people who were headhunters become vibrant happy wife lovers wow people who love their children wow people who were happy in t- to intermarry with their former Enemy. mortal enemies yeah. wow and um wow so to me the truth wow. the truths of the scripture are not just theory they're wow. not just theoretical ideas right uh, they're concrete they have wow. practical impact and application wow not just among the sawi or other more traditional societies sure. around the world but in our culture in north america and europe as well
0: wow. what a, an incredible privilege steve like you said you had the front row seat to watching god's power transform not just lives but communities and cultures Man, I'm and, just like speechless. I'm and, like, what an incredible
1: privilege. And that is happening all over the world. Wow. So That's one petri dish of God's creative wow. uh, power and dynamic at work. It was happening in the Osmat tribe next door, wow. who were even bigger and fiercer than the Sawi. Wow. In the Kaigar tribe, in the Aoyu tribe. Wow. It's happening in thousands of locations around the world. Wow. I mean... Yeah. I mean, we could go to Korea. We could go to China. We could go to the Sahara Desert. Sure. We could go to parts of Europe. If you ask yourself the question, what's the most important thing happening in the world today? Is it geopolitical tension? Is it the war in Ukraine? Yeah. Is it the threat or opportunity of technology and the changes and the impact on our culture? You know, a lot of people are concerned about all these things. Sure. I would say, biblically speaking, the most important thing happening in the world today is that this gospel of the kingdom of Jesus' kingdom is being preached in all Amen. nations. Amen. Wow. And as it reaches all the ethnicities and subsectors of society around the world, wow, wow. Someday the end is going to come. I don't know when that is, but Jesus is going <laughs> to. <laughs> I love
0: the not only the intellectual perspective that you bring to this but also the experiential. You're like, hey, this this isn't a book that I read. I I lived this. And I do think it is so important to not only tell God's story, you know, as he tells it in the Bible, but for people to give testimony of this is what God working in my community and my family looks like today. I, I was listening to a podcast about Booker T. Washington, how familiar you are with his story, but He was born a slave in the 1850s or or whatever in the U.S. After the emancipation, got educated and rose to a position of influence to U.S. presidents. And they said to him, a man of faith, absolute front and center, his faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, front and center in everything he did. And presidents would ask him, and, you know, he was a slave. So he had some legitimacy and credibility to what he said. And they would say, how do we fix this, Booker T. Washington? How, how do we fix the race relations between white and black and our, that have ripped this country apart? And they were expecting one narrative. Yes. And what was fascinating, I read this in his book. He said, actually, I think, you know, he's like, I know my ancestors' plight in Africa, m- much like the Sao'i tribe and other places. Right. He's like, they, they were tribes killing each other, savage, that's right. cannibalism. I won't get the quote right, but Booker T. Washington said, I actually think that coming here as a slave yeah. was God's providence taking me out of this horrific culture, even as a slave. If I had to come here as a slave, but to learn of the gospel of Jesus Christ here, what a blessing and what a providence of God that he's done this.
1: See, that's an enlightened perspective. It is, <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's a perspective that people desperately need to hear. Yes. And you know, the powerful thing about the gospel, one of the powerful things, is that it transforms the human heart. Mm. So Mm. it doesn't just treat the symptoms and make people temporarily feel better. Yeah, It actually transforms the human heart, which is the ultimate issue is the human heart. That's right. Okay, And then it gives a context for the big picture. Amen. That we're part of a plan. Amen. And that there's an end in sight And that our lives have meaning. Amen. Whatever condition we find ourselves in, whether we have a disability. Sure. Or in his case, you know, came out of slavery. Yeah. Or you're born in a small tribe in an isolated place. Yeah. Or you're an American or whatever you are. Yeah. Whatever career you happen to have. Then it becomes, where does this fit in the big, big picture Amen. of God's narrative? So can Amen. I tell you a real yeah, quick little absolutely, story? Yeah, please. I was in China years ago when it was just opening up. Yes. And someone said, hey, would you come and speak to 400 students at this university? You know, atheistic, communists. Yep, yep. <laughs> in an hour. Okay. And we want you to speak on the theme of the Bible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <I was> like
1: <laughs> you had one hour's notice? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I got up. Here are these 400 <laughs> students just... My take on the theme of the Bible is God is glorifying himself by blessing all peoples on earth through Jesus Christ, the descendant of Abraham. In Genesis Amen. 12, Amen. he basically wow. gave us the theme of history, and that is, I'm gonna, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going right. to bless all nations yep. through yep, you. That's right. And the rest of the Bible and what we're living now yes. and what's going to come for eternity yes. is the fulfillment of that original promise. Amen. And Amen. those Chinese students, I mean, the questions and the excitement because suddenly they felt like, wow, we're actually part of a story.
0: Oh, amen. Wow. Wow. There was a, a gentleman that I knew who was a pioneer years ago in, some, in electromagnetic theory that you know changed the world and did all this amazing stuff. And I was having a, a similar conversation with him. And he said, Roy, when I study the atomic structure, how God has designed, when I study this idea that light and magnetism and electricity are actually all the same thing from different viewed from different lenses he's like i'm not just coming up with cool technology he said this is was his perspective he's like i am fulfilling the great commission and i'm like joe that's crazy like how how do you see that he said because it's such a big story yes god has designed everything and i'm just one little cog And I've got a technical, scientific contribution to make in this little slice of time. But when I see it fit into the big picture, this is all God working through so many diverse and dynamic ways. And I thought, what an incredible perspective that applies to every single career and profession and calling and language and culture and location. I mean, like you said, now everybody gets to be part of that big story.
1: It gives us dignity and vision and meaning and excitement. Amen. It fills yeah. life with adventure. Yes. <laughs> and wherever exactly. you are, whatever it's your exciting. starting point, yes. It becomes an adventure of faith. I have a life mission statement that has sort of guided me, you know, for years yeah, yeah. and that is I want to glorify God by becoming more like Jesus every day and using my gifts whatever they are to their full potential. Amen on behalf of, least, in my case, least-reached peoples of the world. Mm, amen. And I would encourage you know, everybody who knows the Lord to think about what is your life mission statement within the context of what you've just described.
0: Amen. It's so easy, especially in America. Probably the, the people that are listening to this broadcast are thinking Christianity is where I go to church and who I fellowship with on Wednesday nights and maybe a moral code that I do or don't do certain things. And that's kind of it. And, and I put it over here in this corner. Yeah. And it's compartmentalized. Right. But then I have to figure out the rest of my life. Yeah. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? It's almost like people have forgotten or diminished that hunger to live a big enough life that can be part of God's awesome plan.
1: They don't know what they're missing. Amen. Jesus said, <laughs> I've come so that you will have life and that it will be... A more abundant yeah, that's life. Right. <laughs> he didn't come Amen. to impoverish Amen. us. He Amen. came to
0: enrich us. Amen. Amen. And, and what an amazing privilege that you have now a- as part of the, the Pioneers organization being directly involved in coming alongside people and helping them, you know, fulfill their dream and their passion and their calling. Talk a little bit about what that day-to-day life looks now you know you've described a couple of different seasons in your life what does that season look like for you today
1: so you know my first season was those 15 years growing up in the jungle yeah and my second season with my wife Arlene was taking the show on the road so to speak yes because I too had sensed I, I was so excited having grown up in that context and seen the reality of yes. it, that we ended up going to a, a, you know, a place where there were 30 million people wow. who had mm. virtually no access to the gospel message. Wow. And with a growing team, had a, uh, more than a decade of ministry there. Wow. And then the last 20 years, sacrifice to ourselves, because we would love to still be in that context <laughs> ourselves now. Yeah. Yeah. But um, God has called us to pave the pathways for hundreds, if not thousands, of other people to do what you described earlier. Amen. To take their gifts and harness them for the glory of God all around the world. Amen. And we've got about 3,000 people serving with pioneers in over 100 countries on 340 teams, as you mentioned. Yeah. And so I take great delight Mm. in helping to connect the dots for individuals and churches who have a passion for the Great Commission. Amen.
0: Amen. What I hear in that, Steve, is... A humility and a submission. Hey, God, you know, it was so fun and exciting and an adventure to be on the front lines doing the work. And, you know, in God's infinite wisdom, he's like, yes, Steve, but I want you to play this other role. Yeah. And if, if it was Steve, if yeah. it was your dad that the power came from, yeah. then, then that story wouldn't make any sense. Right. But if the power came from God and we were just actors in his play and you're like god what do you you know you know better than i do what role i can fulfill you know how this fits into your grand plan and every person that i see who has that proper worldview and perspective also has that humility and that just base submission to you know what god whatever my part's done i'll hand it back to you and say god that was amazing and fun and wonderful and fulfilling and I'm ready for the next piece.
1: I'm not trying to be the pilot of my airplane. <laughs> uh, I've, I've entrusted yeah. that responsibility, you could say, to someone who's much more capable. Amen. <laughs> and Amen. taking delight in learning and Amen. You know, being part of that amazing adventure.
0: I think of the, the theme here at the Mission Connection, the conference that we're at here live today, here I am, what's next and I had the privilege last night of talking to a couple of missionaries who were you know on furlough or back from the field usually especially now something in COVID kind of paused and then they came back and said okay God what's next and to hear that humility from so many different diverse perspectives that humility of people to say whatever phase God has for me whatever the next step is I'm ready I'm willing I'm here. I'm listening. God, what's next? What a, what a joy and encouragement to be part of a body of Christ. We were talking before. What an amazing family that you and I have been adopted into by God the Father to fulfill his purposes.
1: It's the greatest expression of God's creativity that there will ever be. Amen. Amen. Creating the world, Amen. the earth, Amen. and the universe Amen. was a major accomplishment, <laughs> but yes. what God is creating now in preparation as a bride yes. for the son he loves
0: Amen. Wow. with
1: hundreds of millions of people wow. spanning thousands of years, wow. wow. there's nothing more glorious or creative, I think, than that.
0: I hadn't put that together before. You and I were talking about, you know, in my day job, I'm I'm working with atoms and yes. the periodic table and the laws of physics and that front row seat to God's creative power and design in creation blows me away every single day. Right. But, but what you just said, you know, in, in a way may even be more difficult. <laughs> you know, atoms have to obey God's laws. You know, they don't have a will to rebel. But here God is, has taken hundreds of millions of players. Yes each of whom have a will, yes. they can rebel. That's right. And so how does God orchestrate all of this to people with a free will, but also He's sovereign to accomplish His purposes? That's amazing.
1: It's infinitely more complex. Yeah. <laughs> as complex as the universe is. And, and here we wow. are, people like you are finally after thousands of years. Getting a little bit of a glimpse. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And I'm sure there's so much further to go. You think of of the body of Christ and all the the intricacies of all those relationships over so much time and all the stories. And it's all weaving a tapestry that's just the most glorious thing you could imagine.
0: Amen. And it's all people who
1: have sinned. Yes. Mind-blowing. Absolutely incredible. Bingo. He took the ultimate risk in order to realize the ultimate reward. Amen. Through his son Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know, the ultimate wow. expense, as I mentioned in our yeah. own personal story, yeah. was that he actually incarnated in the form of his own son, Amen. paid the ultimate price. Yeah. And without that piece of the puzzle, yeah. none of the rest of this would have been possible.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. Steve, I could sit here and talk to you for hours. <laughs> what what an encouraging story. What an amazing heart yeah. and testimony you have. And my favorite thing, anytime I talk to a Christian, I see the reflection of God in their eyes and yeah. their smile and their, you know, behavior. Yeah. And so thank you for, for sharing your story here today. Um, thank you for sharing the reflection of God that comes through your speech and your talk and your joy. Amazing. Let me just end with a quick little, is the commission still great? If you want to talk a little bit about this book you're reading and this is what you are gonna be talking about today at the conference.
1: It'll be part of it. I actually have a, okay. but uh, what I try to do here is unpack some misperceptions that people have about the unfinished cross-cultural missionary task. Because mm. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's incumbent on us to think deeply and clearly about in a sense, the main thing that Jesus left us to do. Mm. I mean, one church ordered 700 copies. They were so excited. Oh, they wanted everybody oh. in their church to have a copy. Thank you for mentioning that.
0: Yes. And then, of course, your dad's book, The Peace Child, that goes into a lot more detail about the story that we talked about. Before. Peace Child
1: is a missionary classic. Yes. Yeah. Sold close to half a million copies. It's an amazing story. Obviously, highly recommend it. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, Steve, thanks again for being here. God bless uh, the rest of your time here at the conference and in everything that God is doing Thank you what us. a joy Amen